The CIA officer at the table was head of the Special Activities Division, responsible for overseas paramilitary activities and covert manipulation of target countries' political structures. At the head of the table was a small, clean-shaven, middle-aged man with jet-black hair. Dressed in an expensive black suit, a crisp woven white silk shirt, and a blue tie that had been bound in a Windsor knot, the man removed his rimless circular glasses, polished them with one end of his tie, and smiled. Always late for the party, Nikolai. Nikolai did not smile. A party requires salubrious surroundings. You've chosen unwisely, Kurt. Kurt Schreiber nodded toward the vacant chair next to one of the Russian generals. Sit and shut up. Nikolai said with contempt, You've no authority over me, civilian. Kurt chuckled. When you and I were colonels in the KGB and Stasi, you'd have called me comrade. Nikolai sat and nodded. Different times. And I'd have been lying to your face. Kurt's shrill, well-spoken words were rapid. The Russian premier chose me to chair this meeting, not you. He placed his manicured fingers together. That is telling. I agree. It tells us how low we've stooped. Nikolai looked at the Americans. Have the protocols been drawn up? They have. Admiral Jack Duggan nodded toward the Russian generals. It took us two days. General Alexander Tatlin lit a cigarette. It was worth the effort. The Russian exhaled smoke. The results are precise. Seems to me... CIA officer Thomas Scott said, eyeing Nikolai with suspicion, that you're not comfortable with this. Nikolai laughed, his voice echoing in the bare hall. How can any sane man be comfortable agreeing to this? Kurt Schreiber's idea is brilliant. It's psychotic. Nikolai looked at Schreiber and repeated in a quieter voice, psychotic. U.S. General Joe Ballinger pointed across the table. Schreiber's right. The act has to shock the fuckers into submission. Man comes at you with a knife, you defend yourself with a gun. Trouble is, we haven't got anyone on our side of the fence who's got the balls to do another Hiroshima or Nagasaki. So we make the decision, and it's a sane one, as uncomfortable as it may make us. Nikolai frowned. You haven't reported the true meaning of the protocols to your president? The U.S. commander shook his head. Nope, and we're never going to, nor are subsequent presidents going to find out. He gestured toward his two American colleagues. We're the only Americans who'll know the secret. No one else stateside would ever agree to this plan. And that's because they lack my imagination. Kurt withdrew two ink pens, handed one to General Leon Maturin and the other to Admiral Duggan. Signatures, please. The Americans signed a sheet of paper inside one of the files. The Russian generals did the same in their files. They exchanged documents, countersigned, and moved both files in front of Nikolai. The SVR officer stared at the two files. All that was needed to make this official was his signature on both documents. Nikolai, we're waiting. Kurt's tone was hard, impatient. Nikolai looked at the men opposite him. Ordinarily, they were his enemies. He pictured the two large rats feasting at opposite ends of the third rodent. Nikolai! 
The Russian intelligence officer shook his head. This is wrong. And yet the alternative isn't right. If I signed this, millions of people could die. Not millions, you fool, Schreiber smiled. Hundreds of millions. Nikolai couldn't believe this was happening. He'd always hated Kurt Schreiber. The man was undoubtedly highly intelligent, but also untrustworthy, manipulative, and cruel. And since the collapse of East Germany, he had made millions through illegal business ventures. Now he had the ear of the Russian president, and that made him more dangerous than when he'd been a Stasi officer. How can you live with yourself? Schreiber shrugged. I view the deaths as necessary statistics. I suggest you do the same. Nikolai was tempted to respond, but knew there was no point. Schreiber would not listen to reason. Pure evil never did.